Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is Larry Schellink, and I am coming to you again from Honolulu, Hawaii, on this uh, beautiful day. I will not go into the weather here because I realize not everyone is enjoying a great weather day, but I send my blessings to you wherever you are. Um, Sunday, December 8th, 2019, we're moving right along, and I think this is our fourth episode. So I'm very excited to be with you again today and and uh, chat with you on a topic that is near and dear to my heart and I think to many of us, maybe at this time of year more than, than any other. And it's the subject of inner peace, or peace of mind. Just most of us are usually in pursuit of peace of mind. It just feels to be something that can elude us quite easily in this human life. And it's important for us to really understand from a, a human and a spiritual perspective just what is peace of mind and how can we move closer to realizing that on a more regular basis? How can we activate what is really fundamentally at the, at the essence of us, the core of us? How can we bring that into the experience of who and what we are? So today I want to bring a number of different concepts forward. And again, I am going to talk to you about um, peace from a perspective of the human life, because that is the very practical way of understanding it, isn't it? Because uh, even though we know we're spiritual beings, we are really wondering uh, sometimes how it is that, if peace is our nature, how it is that we don't experience it all the time. So um, let's begin. And I want to begin with a little story that um, I like to share because it's metaphorically uh, a way to understand how we deal with life sometimes that doesn't always bring us that deep peace that we're looking for. So when I was a child, I, uh, I lived in a family that, well, let's just say it wasn't perfectly functional. I think we can all relate to that in some extent. And I looked for a way to find peace of mind. As, as all children do, they're, they're, they seek uh, safety and they seek happiness and, and peace of mind. And, and so we happened to live uh, right behind our house. There was a, a little creek. And when I was looking to get away from the, the family drama, I would, I would go behind, that, behind the house and, and down in that little creek. And it was in that natural environment that I could, I could see and I could touch and I could appreciate the, um, just the, the harmonious interaction of, of, of life, of, of all the living things. And, um, and maybe, I, I speculate today, that I was really drawn by the promise of something uh, untouched, something unexplored, uh, a life or a life force that, you know, beyond the, the confines of the, the life that I knew with my senses. Um, and those were steps that I needed to take, you know, as a young person, as a child. Um, that, that my path to peace was was a hasty retreat to to what I found to be a sanctuary. So, when I look at that now, of course, I I realize that if I if I duplicate that strategy, then um, whenever life gets to be uh, challenging or difficult or conflicted, then um, I might take the same kind of a strategy and and run away and and basically avoid 
the the strategy the, the conflict situation and you know that isn't necessarily a bad thing and perhaps in some situations it's the right thing to do in order to provide for our own safety but if we're just talking about a situation that's uncomfortable and sometimes this comes up frequently it comes up in our relation bring forward this greater sense of who we are um, that is the way we grow spiritually uh, we don't grow spiritually when we're constantly uh, you know leaving whether that's leaving in a physical sense or leaving uh, in consciousness uh, leaving our attention and and becoming unconscious or distracting ourselves or numbing out or um, going into a sense of denial and and of course this for some of us this sounds to be uh, a little bit of a steep climb to to actually be present in uncomfortable situations and it is it, it isn't it isn't the easy work it isn't the easy path to take and yet i think we know at a certain point in our life when we're ready for it when perhaps we've been sort of taking that approach of cutting short the opportunities uh, for greater awareness and and taking a, an exit you know, beating a hasty retreat, when staying present would allow us to do two things. Um, one would be to perhaps um, deal with the situation if it needs to be dealt with by our being present to it. And secondly, to possibly bring forth this deeper sense of who we are. And and that really is the spiritual life, is, the, you know, the, the latter is is you and I are seeking to know ourselves beyond the body-mind. We, 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 we have heard and every master teacher and all those great scriptures talk about that we are not the physical being that we were born into and we're not the mind and we're not the story of our life and our biography and we're not our job or any of the roles or identifications that we have taken on. That we're not our name and in and, and, and any form that is attached to this being is not who we really are. You know, Jesus uh, has a famous line that I have quoted so many times because I think he speaks right to it when he said, Before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. And we know that he wasn't talking about a body, obviously, because he wasn't around at the time of Abraham. He was talking about his essence, his essence. And this is who and what we really are. It, we are, the essence of our being is the truth of us. And, uh, you know, really that what essence means, um, and, and I got to tell you that the latest definition I heard came from a uh, a series on Netflix that, that I watch pretty faithfully. I really love it, and it's called Atypical. And the, the line was spoken by the, by the lead character, this, this teenage boy who uh, has, a, has autism. And he came up with this great line. He was, he was given an assignment by his art teacher to draw the essence uh, 
of a penguin. And, and he really loves penguins, and he was always able to draw really accurate, realistic depictions of them. But when the teacher said, now I want you to draw the essence of, of your animal that you've chosen, he was stumped. And he just couldn't figure it out. And he, he went to the aquarium where he would watch these penguins and studied and studied hours and end and was trying to figure out how he could capture this thing called the essence. But he really didn't know what the essence was. And so he just wrote down all the feeding habits and uh, all of the things that the penguin would do throughout his day till he had sort of a really accurate depiction of what the penguin was doing throughout his day. And he went back to his art teacher and said, here's everything I could get from observing the penguin for a couple of days. And the art teacher said to him, oh, you, you've misunderstood the assignment. You've captured what your animal does, what your animal is doing, or what your animal does. But I'm asking you to capture its being. What is, how would you describe the being of this animal? And as the show progresses, he gradually begins to understand what's being called for. And then he defines it. And he says, essence is that thing about a situation or a person that doesn't change no matter what the circumstances are. So that is the essence. That is essence. That which is you that doesn't change no matter the circumstances or situation that you were involved in. So that's what we're really trying to get in touch with. In fact, that is where we, we find peace. So how do we get to this place of peace, this, this get to our essence? Well, there's been so much said about this, and, you know, it's almost um, a cliche, but it remains true nonetheless. And that is that the best way for you and I to get to this essence of our being, our true nature, is to be present, is to be simply present in the present moment. And it sounds like such a simple prescription, and we've heard it enough times that maybe it has lost its meaning to us, but I kind of want to revive that here in this in this lesson today because I've discovered it again in my own life experience that as much as I know these teachings and as much as I know the power of the present moment, I still fall into the habit of going into my uh, conditioned mind and letting the conditioning, which is you know, my mind that's constantly trying to figure things out and analyze things and look for meaning and sort of predict what's going to happen next and, and look backward and sort of reflect on things. And all of that is not being in the present moment. That's just being in, in the discursive mind pattern, which does not give us a re realistic and accurate picture of the reality of our being. It, it may have significance and it certainly has purpose in this human life. But if we're really looking to discover who and what we truly are, then the more time we can spend focused and present in this moment, the more likely, in fact, it's really the only way we are going to become familiar and know 
not just understand or or intellectualize uh, about our our essence, but to really know and feel this presence of our own being. So, how do we do this? Well, again, this, the prescription for being in the present moment is is so simple that you know a lot of us who kind of uh, think of ourselves as being intelligent or or that we need some very sophisticated uh, esoteric uh, prescription for anything for it to be really meaningful or valid we can reject it but when we reject it we we do it at, we do it at the peril of really getting where we want to be and so what is that and when i tell you you'll say oh yeah i know that <laughs> And so the question is, well, a lot of us know, but we don't always do. So what is it? So there's two that I that I like particularly, and they're both related in, in, into the same concept or the same uh, process. The first one is, this is the one that Eckhart Tolle likes to uh, offer. And uh, you've sure, surely heard him explain this. And it's simply to ask yourself in any moment that you want to bring yourself back to the moment, Ask yourself, am I present or am I breathing? Am I breathing? Simply, am I breathing? Because when you ask that question, you immediately have to look to see whether you're breathing. And so your attention has to go to this thing that you do unconsciously all the time. You know, air moving into your lungs and being expelled out through your nose. And and you, you begin to feel the sensations of something that you do mindlessly all day long with without any conscious thought but when you begin to put your attention on that you you cannot have your attention in two places at the same time regardless of all the people who think they multitask it's really not true you can only have your attention on one thing at a time you can have your attention on more than one thing sequentially but simultaneously you can only you cannot do that so when you say, uh, am I breathing? You ask yourself the question and your awareness goes to your breath. At that moment, you are in the present moment because breathing is what? It's a present moment experience. You're not asking the question, did I breathe a moment ago? Or wonder what will my breath be like a moment from now? That's sort of a ridiculous question. But what is absolutely powerful and and profitable spiritually is for us to ask the question, am I breathing now? And to answer that brings our attention and our awareness here and now. And the other way is is offered by the non-dual teachers, uh, those who follow the teachings of Ramana Maharshi, the um, and the Neo-Advaita teachings, the teachings uh, of Rupert Spira and Muji and people of that nature. And uh, Rupert uses this one. He sim- simply says, uh, ask yourself right now, are you aware? And so I'm going to ask you, listening, ask yourself the question, are you aware? And I'm not asking you to answer it from intellectually or what you believe that you are aware. 
But actually, how do you know that you are aware? How do you know that you are aware? The only way that you know that you are aware, not just believe that you are, is by looking to see where you where your attention is. And so when you do that, there's only one part of you that can answer that question. And that is awareness itself. The only aspect of your being that can answer the question as to whether you're aware is that of you which is aware. And that's awareness itself. And so when you answer the question, you automatically become, you come into the field of pure consciousness, of awareness. And this is how you and I grow spiritually, is we frequently point ourselves inward to this wellspring of our true nature. And any process or practice or trick that we can use is a valuable one. So this is a this is the way we do it and this is um, what I would recommend that even just take this week and regardless of how busy your week may be and I know many people are busy this time of year and are you know called in a lot of different directions and to put their attention on more than usual uh, if you're getting caught up in the busyness of the holiday season and you know even if you're not into the commercial aspect of it you may be involved in more social activities and you may be traveling or attending more events. Um, Certainly that's true for us. We're always traveling through the holidays and preparing for travel and it sometimes can be increasingly more difficult to stay present to this aware self that we are. But it doesn't take but a second to ask yourself that question. Am I breathing? And just to notice your breath. Or am I aware? And just to answer that question by becoming aware of your awareness, of awareness itself. So I just, I think I want to leave you there because I think the practice of this is more important than the concepts. And I've sort of led you now to a a, a concept, a a place of... um, beyond the concept to, to a place of realization. And, and really that is what the spiritual uh, payoff, the, 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 really the, the holy grail of spiritual life is realization, not, not intellectual or human understanding. Let me just say, I'll just say one or two words here, probably more than that, about human understanding of peace, because I think it's, it's one that sort of trips us up and I have addressed it quite a bit in articles that I've written and also the YouTube video that I did for this week. And uh, if, if you did not receive that and you're on this call, you can go to my website, LarryShellink.com, and you will um, be able to see the, the video and the, the blog article on this subject. But I'll say a few words on it here just to sort of close out our time together. And that is that the human understanding of peace is that which we believe um, comes to us as a result of conditions in our life um, being in a way that we think 
is conducive to us experiencing peace. Um, it's it's really the the nature of our of our human mind, the, the ego mind, um, to think that peace is conditional. That if I'm getting what I want, then I'm I can have peace and a sense of well-being, happiness. And if I'm not getting what I want, then peace is not possible for us. Peace peace is not possible. But if that's what we require, then what hope is there that we'll have peace in our life? Because don't we know that the the constant rise and fall of circumstances and getting what we want and not getting what we want is is just the, the contrasted nature of the human life. And when we we rely upon life to be to our favor or to our preference for peace of mind, then we're constantly going to be disappointed, aren't we? And you and I have experienced that disappointment. So I just uh, invite you to, you know, be gentle with yourself and when you are really wanting life to be a different way and, 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 and holding the view that, you know, until things get better, I'm not going to have peace, is realize that this is just the surface mind. This is just your ego that, you know, really survives on conflict and um, it really needs conflict in order for it to maintain its sense of self. But there's another part of you, and that's the part of you and I that really um, stands prior to it. It's it's a beautiful thing, um, and it's worth whatever time and effort and a lack of effort, you could say, that we can invest in it to become familiar with it, so that it becomes a more familiar aspect of how we know ourselves. The true peace that un- is that which underlies all of our experiences of life. If it's the true peace of your being, because your being lies behind all experience. And when we get in touch with that that being, once we know ourselves as that spiritual being, then we recognize that nothing can threaten us. Nothing can disturb the peace that is inherent in our being, no matter what happens in this life. And, and that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, my peace I leave with you, not as the world do I leave it. And he said, it is the peace that passes and surpasses all human understanding. With human understanding, it's a conditional peace. But with a peace that surpasses human understanding, it's unconditional because it is our very nature. At our very nature, we are this vast sense of awareness, consciousness, beingness that nothing, nothing can disturb. It says in Scripture, nothing can, dist- can disturb the calm peace of my soul. So this is how I leave you today as we bring this message to a conclusion. And I will ask if anyone wants to join the call. But I'm going to do a prayer now and take a moment with me and close your eyes and go within if that's comfortable.
And let us just remember here and now that beyond the appearances of life, and when we close our eyes, we, we, we lose track of one perception of this world, and we realize that even though we can lose sight of this world, we, we don't lose sense of ourself. The same can be true of all of our senses, that even if we lost all of our senses, we would still be aware of the I am that we are, this, this vast sense of awareness, presence, pure consciousness, whatever name you want to call it. It's who we are before any experience arises. And so we give thanks knowing that this is at the core of us. This is the truth of us. This is where all the great masters point us to this realization to know this. And that if we truly want peace in this life, then we must become increasingly familiar with who and what we are. And so let us remember this week to pause whenever possible, whenever we have a moment of, of awareness that we are maybe out of peace, and to take one conscious breath, one deep breath and one exhale, and stay with that sense of knowing that you are there right in the moment. And, and there's, behind that, there's this sense of aliveness. Suddenly, everything sort of drops away when we're just here in the moment and we become aware of our beingness. Or just asking the question, am I aware? And how do I know that I'm aware? And it's only awareness itself, your true nature, that must arise to answer that. And then again, there you are, realizing and recognizing your own true nature. So this is the grace of the spiritual life, that no matter what's going on and no matter what we get caught up in and no matter the circumstances or the situations or the people in our lives, there's nothing that can disturb the calm peace of our soul. Let us become increasingly familiar with this being and from this place live our life, respond from this, plan from this, make choices from this, act from this. And in so doing, we will bring peace to the earth. Just as the masters have done, so can we do, as long as we remember who and what we are in as many moments as possible. I leave this message with you with my affirmation that you are what God created, perfect, whole, and free, and that peace is your true nature. Make it your goal and see how it unfolds more beautifully in your own life. Namaste. Namaste.